0: Bienvenidos and welcome to the Puentes Podcast, your bridge to all things primary care in New Mexico. I'm your host, Mario Sal. On today's episode, we're joined by Dr. Mary Alice Scott, the newly appointed executive director of the New Mexico Primary Care Training Consortium. With her rich academic background and passionate commitment to health care and health equity, Dr. Scott has her finger on the pulse of primary care training and trends. So get settled in as we delve deep into the challenges, the successes, and what the future holds for the NMPCTC and primary care in New Mexico. This is Puentes. All right, joining us for the podcast today is Dr. Mariela Scott. Dr. Scott is the new Executive Director for the New Mexico Primary Care Training Consortium. Dr. Scott, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much.
0: All right. So to start, can you share a brief background on your journey from, you know, anthropologist to now serving as the executive director for the New Mexico Primary Care Training Consortium?
1: Sure. So I, um, I actually discovered anthropology sort of fairly late, I would say, in terms of an academic career. It was actually after I graduated and had finished undergraduate, was thinking about. Um, Going potentially going back to school because I was really concerned about some of the health disparities that I had seen um, in some of the things that I'd done in undergrad. Actually, particularly in Mexico. Um, and so when I um, when I was looking into potential graduate programs, um, I uh, my my dad actually introduced me to a friend of his who was a medical anthropologist, and I talked about some of the things I was interested in. Um, particularly around systemic issues that impact the health of rural communities um, in in Mexico. And he said, I think you should I think you should be a medical anthropologist. And so I started looking into it and applied for, for graduate school in, in that area. And so my focus originally um, in medical anthropology was looking at the impact of um, transnational migration um, on families who stayed in their home communities and in these in rural communities in Mexico to really try to understand what were the impacts on the health of those family members who were staying in their communities, both, both physical health and mental health. Um, and that um, I think you know that was a really um, powerful project for me to to better understand what was happening in communities and to really get um, a sense of the the really broad impacts of transnational migration. And so when I finished my PhD and I was getting ready, um, thinking about applying to jobs, I um, I was thinking about two things. One is that um, I wanted to work in a university that. Um, that, that really served students who um, wouldn't otherwise have a potential or an opportunity potentially for a college education. So, I wanted to be in a place where tuition was affordable, in a place that was really welcoming for first generation students. Um, and then I also wanted to be close to Mexico because I thought I was going to continue my work in, in Mexico at the time. Um, so, New Mexico State um, ended up being the, you know, a really ideal place. And, um, and so I, I applied and, and was offered the job there. Once I got to New Mexico it became really clear to me that I really needed to focus on working in my own local community so first of all it was a community that was incredibly welcoming to me i felt so at home right from the beginning but there are also lots of health disparities lots of lots of issues happening right here and so i really shifted my focus to think about what can i do here in this community and sort of organically just in the process of attending community meetings and trying to learn more about the community I, I uh, got in touch with Dr. Andizola, um in the family medicine residency program at Memorial and really started thinking about how could I use my anthropological skills to really think about how we train physicians to address um, health disparities and health inequities in our communities. So that was my entry into, into medical education. And, and since then, um, I think things have just developed. I've gotten more and more integrated into um, residency programs. I was an associate program director for the family medicine residency. And when this opportunity came up to to be executive director of this organization, it was really at a great time for me because I felt like I was ready to shift into a different kind of position um, and and really focus on uh, community-based work and kind of bring all the skills that I have learned over the last 12 years um, working in a university setting to a community organization. So that's the long answer.
0: Uh, So you mentioned being the Associate Program Director for the Southern New Mexico Family Medicine Residency Program. In terms of the curriculum there, what sort of impact did you have on on the curriculum? Like, What are some specific things that you implemented while there? Sure.
1: Yeah, I think um, the, the major thing that we did, and I'll talk about a couple of other things, the major thing that we did, and I say we because Um, While I was certainly a central part of organizing this, it was always a community effort. So there were multiple other faculty in the program who were involved. Dr. Indizzola as the program director, Danielle Fitzsimmons-Pattison, who um, did a fellowship in global health, Um, and brought a lot of expertise to the table and and other faculty as well helped develop this. But what we developed was a four rotation series that happens throughout the course of the three years of the residency program. It starts with population health uh, rotation, which introduces residents to the concept of population health and then really focuses on how they can engage in population health activities as a physician in their practice, both now and in the future. And then in their second and third years, they do some more specialized rotations that really kind of dive a little bit deeper. Um, So one is border health. So they focus specifically on um, looking at what are the health concerns in border communities? Who are the populations that we're serving in border communities? What are the kinds of skills and practices and um, knowledge that residents need to have to really be able to serve communities well in the border region? And then there's a care of marginalized populations rotation that Um, that really allows the resident to focus on a particular population that they're very interested in working with as a physician moving forward and they can define that in any way that they want to it could be based on um, a particular stigmatized disease for example Um, it could be based on um, membership in a in a racial or ethnic group socioeconomic status, geographic location, right? Any, anything that they, or a combination, right? Um, and so uh, they are able to select a population that they really wanna work with and spend a month or spend four weeks really learning as much as they can um, about that. And then in their third year, they do a health policy rotation where they learn how they can use their power and influence and their voice as a physician to impact health policy that matters to them and matters to their patients. So that's mm-hmm. the that's the major um, piece that we developed. We also really worked hard to try to integrate health equity um, topics and conversations throughout the residency so that every day those things are coming up. So whether it's your attending physician on the hospital service saying, "Hey, did you see the difference between?" this patient's outcomes versus this patient's outcomes. What do you think is going on there, right? Or in didactics, having um, specific topics focused on health equity, um, or in their quality improvement projects that they're thinking about population health and improving population health um, through quality improvement in a clinical or hospital setting. So those are some of the things that we that we did.
0: In terms of then of the, um, in terms of like the health equity aspect, uh, how do you see that Kind of like being integrated into what NMPCTC is doing.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I think this is one of the things that really excited me about coming and working more closely with NMPCTC is that that's the first value that's listed right in mm-hmm. our in our list of values that mm-hmm. health equity is at the core of everything that we do. And so I think that's I think that's critically. Um, I, I I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. health equity should be at the core of what we do. And I think what we're doing as NMPCTC by training not just training physicians right period mm-hmm. right yeah. in in primary care but we're we're really thinking very intentionally about training physicians in areas where we really need primary care physicians and then not just that but training physicians who are really well prepared to serve that community and 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 i think we're also thinking about training physicians who are from those communities and that really addresses some health equity issues and equity issues in general mm-hmm. at a at a much broader level yeah.
0: cool. Yeah, that's something that I think uh, I don't know. In, in terms of what we do, uh, that aspect of you know wanting to train people that are from the areas is a big is a big point right now, especially with the development of you know like Espanola's program, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, there we actually have a program director and an associate program director that are from the area, so that's something that is valuable in that program.
1: Right, right, yeah. exactly. And I that's and I love that, you know, me when I came on board that program was is, you know, is really just developing and that's one of the, I think the most exciting things that we're really working on right now. We have a number of exciting things, but that I think is a great <laughs> example of the way that we can do health equity work as an organization.
0: Yeah, most definitely so speaking of you know exciting projects uh what are some projects that stand out to you right now that are sort of things that you know you want to kind of get off the ground now that you're in the executive director role
1: sure i think uh well we've already talked about espanola i'm so excited about that program and and that um and that they will be going into the to the match um this season and and we'll have residents in a year uh, less than a year which is really exciting so i'm really excited about continuing to support that project um, I think that the um, the project in Donana County to develop a psychiatry residency is it's very complex um, to to develop a residency in this way. It's pretty novel, I think, um, uh, collaboration across a number of different partners in the region, but who are all so committed um, to addressing the mental health issues that we have in our community by um, by developing new providers who can provide the services that are needed. And so I think that's really exciting to be able to work with those kinds of partners who are so dedicated to that. Um, and then I, I do uh, think when working with all of the staff and, and Nicole uh, Mandel in particular, on um, thinking about how we can support health equity training um, in residency programs across the state is really exciting to me. I think, um, so being able to carry the work forward that we started in the in the Southern New Mexico Family Medicine Residency and share that more widely and also learn from other programs who've been doing similar work. So I'm excited about the, the possibilities of that. Um, and then I think the last thing um, that I just recently got excited about um, something that I hadn't been thinking about before is really thinking about how we advocate for primary care in our in our state and all of the multiple ways that we might be able to do that so you and I talked um, just a few minutes before we started this interview about the potential of some kind of history documentary project about um, either the work of NMPCTC or primary care you know in the state and I think that's really exciting for us to, um, to have the capacity to be able to share that story and, um, and move that forward and really think about how we can continue to advocate for primary care. Um, so um, that's sort of a new, new way of thinking, sort of new area of thinking for me that I'm, I'm really excited about thinking about how we move forward.
0: In addition to your role as you know executive director, you're also the uh, director of social medicine education for NMPCTC. What are some of the initiatives or changes that maybe came through NMPCTC and went through you know the residencies uh, at that time?
1: Sure. I think the the big thing that I was focused on at that time was really thinking about the health equity curriculum and how can we share that um, across multiple residency programs in the state. And so I um, did some work with the uh, uh, Peds at UNM, um, who also has a health equity curriculum, and so we did some collaboration and thinking about um, how we could kind of put together the work that we're doing. Um, additionally, Santa Fe does a lot of health policy. The Santa Fe residency program does a lot of health policy work, so really trying to kind of bring that into what we're um, what we're doing. And then the other piece that I really worked on was quality improvement. So in family medicine residencies, um, residents have to complete two scholarly activity projects. One of them has to be a quality improvement project. And so what we were really thinking about is how can we how can we create a quality improvement project that is community connected? So it's not just internal to the clinic, mm-hmm. um, which can be great quality improvement projects. And so just one example um, that I know that residency programs have done in the past is when they've had, for example, a low rate of um, completion of foot exams for patients with diabetes. Um, that they've done some interventions to try to improve their rate of of foot exams which are important right those are those are Mm -hmm. um, those are very helpful for people with diabetes but it's a clinic kind of focused project and so we were thinking about okay in addition to those kinds of projects how can we how can we connect with our broader community and so we developed a quality improvement project that we piloted um, in las cruces um, with community partners to increase referrals for home visiting and and early intervention for for families who were patients at the clinic. And so we are now working on, um, and got some funding from Kellogg um, in collaboration with UNM um, to continue that project and broaden it out across multiple, hopefully multiple residency programs.
0: Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, Awesome. Speaking of just like community projects and and everything like that, You'll be continuing your work as a professor, correct? Right. In in some capacity. Right, right. Okay. Uh, And you'll be with, uh, you pretty much are with NMSU, so New Mexico State University, in the College of Arts and Sciences, Mm -hmm. correct? Uh, So what sort of connections are you hoping to see Developed between NMPCTC, NMSU, and then the uh, some of our community partners.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So this is still under under development. Um, so what I was, I feel really fortunate that NMSU um, was interested in in continuing a partnership, um, and so I have I do have the opportunity um, to continue as a college professor in the College of Arts and Sciences, um, as I'm also Executive Director of NMPCTC. So this is a great opportunity. I'm I'm really excited about it. So. Um, I think a couple of the things that we're talking about right now are, you know, NMPCTC is supporting uh, a number of community based programs that are not affiliated with a large academic medical center. So, um, and that means that there are limits to the resources that those community programs um, have. So, for example, if you're doing a research project and you need a statistician, that's a bit of a challenge. Um, medical libraries. And um, you know, having a connection to a medical library, um, some of the expertise outside of the medical community that you sometimes need for some of the work that you're doing. So you know, health equity work, right? Okay. For example. Um, and so, what I'm hoping is that one of the things that this connection with NMSU can do is to provide another academic center that can support. Um, our our rural programs. And UNM is a great support, um, but having a center in the North and a center in the South, these academic centers could be really helpful. And so that's one of the main things that I'm hoping that we'll be able to do is develop that. Even though NMSU doesn't itself have a medical school, there are other um, kinds of services and supports that NMSU could provide. And I think um, ultimately what NMSU would like to do is to have a center for community engagement. And so that would include NMPCTC, as well as other community partners who could come together and think about shared common goals and how we move forward um, and integrate students and faculty at the university who, who have shared interest and and relevant expertise. So that's what we're hoping to do moving forward.
0: That's great. I think that's something that's uh, extremely valuable, you know, to have. It's like you mentioned, you know, having that uh, that part in the north and then that part in the south, you know, southern New Mexico would be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of uh, so you pretty much you started out with NMPCTC as interim uh, executive director earlier Mm -hmm. this year Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, now transitioning into full time executive director. What do you identify as the strengths of the organization and, and what we do?
1: Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. So, um, I mean, I, the first thing I have to say is the big strength of the organization is the staff. I think this is an incredible staff. And that's another one of the reasons that I really felt um, uh, that I really wanted to join the organization as executive director, because I think this is a great staff. And I really Um, have loved being able to support the staff in in all of the work. And I I say that, I mean, I think the creativity that our staff has in terms of thinking about how we achieve goals in a really complex and sometimes resource strapped environment is is really incredible. Um, Working with many partners who have many different needs um, Mm -hmm. as part of that partnership um, and our uh, staff's ability to kind of strategically think about that has just been really incredible. Um, And, and, and just the skills. Like we just have such an incredibly skilled staff in so many areas in terms of um, experience with program coordination, experience in health equity, experience in media and communications, right? We've got a really great team. Um, so I think that's one of the major strengths. I also really think our board, I, it's just an incredible group of people with so just so many years of experience um, in relevant areas. And, you know, they've been through the challenges and the struggles of building residency programs and sustaining residency programs. And they've had incredible successes, as well as, you know, failures that are important for us to, to be able to learn from moving forward. Um, and then we've got new members of our board who are bringing additional expertise from related areas, you know, outside of residency programs specifically. So I'm really excited to be able to engage more with our board and really build on that. Um, so yeah, those are the, those are two major, and we just do really good work. Like we just, <laughs> it's just such great work. Um, so it's such important work for the state. So I, it's, um, it's that's I think a strength in itself, just we have a good goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely uh, I think looking at it from the outside I think uh, anybody that doesn't know everyone that's on the team uh, I don't think would understand but like you said I mean every person brings a special talent to the team right. you know everyone has their talent and they bring that and it's uh, I don't know it's special it's kind of like a special mixture
1: yeah, yeah. I totally agree totally agree yeah
0: <laughs> all right so you've had a chance to uh, you had a chance to get acquainted with NMPCTC a, a little bit more through um, your time as interim executive director and then you also had the experience of uh, your time as an associate program director but what sort of trends or developments do you see uh, being shaped for the future of family medicine?
1: Oh yeah that's a that's a great question so I think you know and I'm learning new things every every day um, about you know what's happening with family medicine Um, you know I think one of the things that that we're seeing in medicine in general, that is a troubling trend um, that I hope that we can have some impact on is that we are consistently seeing um, in terms of who gets into medical school, um, that it is consistently um, largely people in upper socioeconomic status um, that, for example, um, the number of black men in medicine has not changed much at all um, since I think the 70s, um, and so we were. Those are some issues that we're seeing, and and um, and we also note not that I think that this is a requirement. I think when people go into medicine, they should go into the specialty that that they feel most passionate about. Um, but the reality is that. Um, People who have experienced marginalization and oppression in their lives are actually more likely to go into primary care, um, and so you know that, that's a troubling trend. I think that we're that we're seeing, and so I think there's some work to do there that I think we wouldn't do by ourselves. I think you know working with medical schools and working with um, you know pre-medical organizations at universities and those kinds of things and partnering I think would be would be helpful. Um, so I think that's that's troubling, but but I want to give a, what I see as a really positive trend that I'm very excited about is that the new family medicine program requirements that just came out um, that are going that went into effect in July have got health equity. All over them. Um, they're 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 just it's it's really just infused into everything from the definition of a family physician to the specific curricular requirements. So, like for example, it's written in the requirements that residents need to understand um, the concept of allostatic load, which is really thinking about the stresses that um, that someone experiences in their day-to-day life, the kind of chronic stresses that people experience, and what kind of impact that can have on on health. Mm. And I think, and that's really important in health equity discussions, is really thinking about that because what you're able to do is say, like this is one of the mechanisms by which inequity leads to poor health outcomes. And so, that's, so I think that's a really exciting trend in family medicine. And I'm really looking forward to the work that we're able to do to support programs, not just to fulfill those requirements because they're requirements, but because they're good requirements. Um, they're things that we, that we need to be teaching and learning in family medicine.
0: To kind of wrap up and, and kind of encompass everything, uh, what message or vision would you like to share with current and future consortium members?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think I've, we, we've talked about this and mentioned this multiple times, but I think the work that we do is, is really important because the, the, if, we, if we can support increasing the number of primary care physicians who are practicing in communities that don't currently have sufficient access to care. And we're also training physicians who are going to be able to be in those communities addressing issues of health equity and being really strong members of their communities outside of just the the their individual practice. The impact that we can have on the state, on the population of the state and on our health outcomes is, is really incredible. I mean, it's gonna take years, right, um, to, for, to do the work that we do, but it would, no matter what, project we were engaging in to address the health inequities that we see in our state. But I think, you know, I think for me, that's the message, like the work that we do is critically important and it can really have an incredible impact on on our state um, and really, you know, um, really improve those health outcomes and improve the quality of life um, for so many people in our state. And, and I just, I think. Um, I hope that people can hold on to that message, even when we have really challenging times um, in some of the work that we do, that, that yeah. this, is where we're, this is where we're aiming for. And I, and I think we can get there.
0: Awesome. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we close out the interview?
1: No, thank you for, for doing the interview, Mario. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with you and everybody else over the next many years.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of another insightful episode of the Puentes podcast. A big thank you to Dr. Mary Alice Scott for joining us today. Her wisdom and leadership are sure to guide the New Mexico Primary Care Training Consortium toward greater successes. To learn more about the NMPCTC, I encourage you to visit our website at newmexicoresidencies.org. From listings of primary care vacancies throughout the state, to an online forum for faculty and residents to connect and collaborate, The NMPCTC website offers a rich collection of resources. Don't forget to stay up to date on NMPCTC news and events by following us on X, Facebook, and Instagram at NMPCTC. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again as we continue to build and strengthen the bridges for primary care in New Mexico. This is Puentes.